smile on your face, so welcome to the service tonight, and welcome for each and every one of you. Let's make yourself welcome tonight, would you? How many is proud of yourself being here? I am. <laughs> are, are we hooked up live stream with Canada? We are. Can we see them on the screen? We'd like to see faces. Without mask? <laughs> if they got mask on, we'll tell them to shut it down. Amen. Well, we're glad to be here tonight, and we welcome each and every one of you. Thank you for coming. I just want to make the announcement. We do have refreshments after the service, so uh, Brother Allen said his little young one wanted to know where you go to Andy's tonight, right? <laughs> well, we'll let you out, have uh, 
treatment, then you still take the child to Andy's. You can have Andy's after you eat anything. Is that right? Amen. So Andy's is the place to go. So we're excited about being here. We believe God will speak to our hearts tonight. So it's my good pleasure to introduce you, Brother Alan Price from Hardy, Arkansas. Would you come, Brother Alan? And while he comes, let's sing and take up your cross. Let's sing that. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross. Once again, oh, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know Him. Count the cost. Take up your cross and follow Man, you happy to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Amen. Can you hear me okay? All right. Praise the Lord. If you would, just turn with me in, the, uh, in your scripture. Uh, numbers, uh, we'll start in Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4. Amen. Definitely appreciate the uh, invitation from Brother Earl. I've got to hear a minister one time, and I still remember the sermon, and uh, really enjoyed it. It actually spoke to my heart. He came down to Hardy and preached for us a long, long time ago, but it was Good, good time in the Lord, and bring uh, greetings from our church, Word of Life Tabernacle, our pastor, Brother Ben Pruitt, so just wanted to send his greetings to everybody here, um, but I'm I'm not much one to talk. If I get talking, I'll, I'll get in my own way, so I'm just going to start, and uh, Lord will, and God will, God will take over, and we can have a good service, amen, amen. <clears throat> if, if I could, uh, I guess as a title, I'd like to uh, speak this evening on Perpetual Redemption, and just, uh, just to give you the definition of that word perpetual, it means never ceasing, continuing forever in time, destined to be eternal, continued without intermission, and uninterrupted. Now, if I was to describe my Christian walk, I would not use uninterrupted as a, as a description of my Christian walk. It's been interrupted, but His redemption has not. Amen. So if we would, Numbers 21 and verse 4, I'll be speaking a lot on the atonement tonight, so... And they journeyed from Mount Horon by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. If we would just bow our heads this evening, maybe you have an unspoken request or a need that you would have this evening. Just, Lord, we want, you want the Lord to speak to your heart. Lord, we just come before you this evening, God, just, uh, just wanting to, to speak to your children just for a few moments, Lord. You know the thought you've laid on my heart, and God, I pray you just move me aside that you would just come and speak to your children. Lord, they've made a special effort to come out tonight. God, I pray you just give them an extra blessing for that. Lord, I pray that if there be any sick among us while the word goes forth, Lord, that just healing would go forth with it. I pray you just bless this service and bless my voice this evening. Lord, it be used for your service. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you would. And I'll just kind of lay a little foundation here if it's okay for a few moments. But So we see here that Numbers 21 and verse 4, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. 
and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And I think if there's ever been a time today, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I, I see more than I've ever seen before as a Christian. I'm, I, I seem to, to, to get more into the Word. I seem the services are escalating more. But it seems like everywhere you look, there's trouble all around us. Is that right? It seems like everywhere you look, and I'm not talking about just in the political world, the nominational world, but in the message, everywhere you look, it seems like people are falling away. There's troubled, and they're discouraged because of the way. And so we look here and continue on reading verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of the Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither there is any water. Our soul loatheth this light bread. So they had come to the point at what God was giving them wasn't enough. And they were, they were discouraged. They began to cry out against God and cry out against Moses. And they hated the very thing that God gave them. I pray we never get to that, that, that point in our lives. And, and we see in the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. And therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, he shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And so we see these people, you know, you look down through the time and you look down through the scripture, you look at the children of Israel and their journey out of, out of Egypt and you're like, man, they just go back and forth, back and forth. They complain, they complain. And I'm like, you know, why, why don't they just see this? Why don't they get what God has done for them? And then I kind of bring it up to today's speed and I'm like, well, I've, I've faltered, I've fumbled, I've, I've, I've complained, I've done this, I've done that. Maybe not to the extent that they went to, but even in today's time, we can see that we have trouble as the children of God, as the bride of Jesus Christ. We, we've got things that we look at and we get unfocused occasionally. We've got to keep our eyes set on the mark. Is that right? Now we see up and until this point, the children of Israel brought forth their own sacrifice. Is that right? They had to actually do a part in this. But we see when it come to this, when God come down and spoke to Moses, and we're looking at the atonement here, we see that when God spoke to Moses, there was nothing the people had to do but look and live. Is that right? And I'm so thankful God brought something that you and I didn't have anything to do with it. He did everything for us. Is that right? And so year after year, they would bring a sacrifice. They would bring something that would cover sin for that year. And, and we know the death angel, when it come through Goshen, we know they had to have that blood upon the doorpost. But we see here, there was nothing they had to do but look and live. Now, Brother Branham says in the stature of a perfect man, he says, what is sin? And he simply identifies it in one word. He says, unbelief. He said there's only two elements that controls the human being. That's either doubt or faith, one or the other. You're possessed of one that dominates your life. It just depends on how much faith you have to how high you can rise. So we see Brother Brandon pretty much identifies sin right there as unbelief. And we see he says also there you're either dominated by one thing in your life, and that's doubt or faith. Can you, can you agree with that tonight? And, you know, I did a, I did a study one time, and, and I've done this to a lot of people, but I guarantee you if I, I come up here today and I tell you I had a great week except for Wednesday, the first thing you're going to ask me is what happened Wednesday. Everybody focuses on the bad thing. I had six good days, but I mentioned one bad day, and everybody's like, what happened Wednesday? Go out and do that to somebody. Go out and say, I had a great week. It was the best week I ever had except Wednesday. They won't ask you about Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. They're going to ask you about Wednesday. I want to know the bad stuff. What happened? And so you're either dominated by faith or doubt. Is that right? Do you believe that tonight? And so 
Brother Bram says it depends on how much faith you have as to how high you can rise. And you know, my little boy, uh, Matney, he has the faith that can move mountains. He knows he's not going to get Andy's after service tonight, but he's going to ask 20 more times. He is. He, he said tonight, he said, hey, Dad, how about you cut it short so we can go to Andy's? I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. He asked again, even after that, even after I said no. But that's childlike faith. He keeps asking. I'm here to tell you, if you, if you come to the altar, you don't get what you ask for. If it's God's will for you to have it, keep asking. Amen. I think as Christians, we give up too many times. We say, oh, well, well the, devil don't, the devil don't want me to have it. The devil blocked me on this one. I'll just let him have it. No, if, if God said you could be healed, you can be healed. If God said you can be saved, then you have a right as a son and daughter of God to, get, to accept that salvation. Is that right? So we see that, and I'd like to read here just a little parable of the four leprous men in 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 3. And I love this story, but it, it seems to tie right along with the children of Israel in this same situation. It's how they looked, and they were discouraged because of the way. And if anyone had a right to be discouraged, it was these four leprous men that sat at the gate. Now, you know the story. I'm not going to give you much of a backdrop. but And there were four leprous men that, that had sat at the entering of the gate, and they said unto one another, Why sit here until we die? And I believe, you know, uh, you know uh, I'm, I'm not preaching on salvation. I know this is a youth service. I, I, I pray the Lord will lead me the right way. But it seems, you know, a lot of people today are just stagnant in the current condition they're in. They're okay being where they're at. And I don't believe God called us just to sit where we're at. He called us to, to, to march to the mark of the prize. Is that right? So we see that when God calls us, we're not just called to get saved and called to sit and fill a pew. God has something for you to do tonight. And as young people, as old people, whatever God has called us to do, we must make sure we are about our Father's business. Amen. And he said, why do we sit here until we die? And how many people do you see that they get saved, they seem to be doing okay, but then they never move on from there? Now, I've heard many a times, you know, hey, maybe God just called me just to be a prayer warrior in my closet. Maybe just God just called me to sit here and sing and do this. But until you know for sure what God called you to do, make sure you're trying to figure it out. Amen. Don't just be, don't be comfortable. Don't be lax in what you've got. I always want to get more of God. I believe Brother Branham said there's always more of God. If you're desiring more, there's always more of him to get. Amen. So why sit here until we die? So we notice these men are at the gate. They're not in or out, but they're, they're, they're at the gate of the city. And, and all around them in the city, you know, they were actually eating children. They were doing all kinds of terrible things. The city was besieged. And, and on the outskirts of the city was all the armies. And, and so they were in a bad situation. And they say, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. So they said, if we go this way, we're going to die. Sure thing, we're going to die. And we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So they knew if they stayed in that current condition, they were going to die as well. Right? Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. For if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. I don't know about you, those are not good odds to have. It's like, okay, we're going to die here, we're going to die here, and we've got a 50-50 chance of dying here. So I'm going to take the 50-50 chance every time. I'm going to go for that every time. If i got a 50-50 chance, I'm going to go for it every time. And so we see that these men are at a, at a crossroads, and they need to make a decision. And I see so many times as young people, as old people, as message people, anybody, as Christians, we get to the point where we're just comfortable just sitting there until we die. That's not what I want to be. I want to be about my father's business. I want to be doing what God called me to do. Now, you know, I've, I've not got a great ministry. I'm not, got a, I'm not a great preacher. I just do what I can, what God has called me to do. If he leads me somewhere, I will go, amen. But I'm not going to sit at home and die. Is that right? If I, can, if I can witness to somebody on the street, if I can tell this one about Christ, if I can tell this one about Christ, that's what I'm going to do, amen. 
And so we see these leprous men decide, they say, well, we're going to go to the host of the Syrians. And, and they rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. And for the Lord made the host of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. So we see that as these men, the leprous men went, God went before them. He made the Syrians hear a host, a mighty army coming, and it was four leprous men walking down the road. Is that right? Sometimes you look at yourself, you say, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, but God's going before you, and he's the sound of a host of a mighty army, amen. So we see that if God be for us, the scripture says, who can be against us? And they said to one another, lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the, and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight, left their tents, their horses, and their asses, and even to the camp it was, it was and fled for their life. Now, I want you to look at how funny and how comical this actually is. If we look at it into modern day, this entire army is running away from four leprous men. I can imagine it was pretty comical, but that's how the enemy looks today. We, we battle maybe not a, 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 a physical warfare, but a spiritual warfare. And you see when a, the, the weakest uh, Christian hits his knees, all of hell begins to shake. Is that right? Demons begin to flee because you have, Brother Branham says, we have the authority to act on that power. Amen. Brother, Jesus gave us the authority to ask what we will in the Father's name, and he will give it to us. Amen. So we see that as Christians, we have a right to call out for what we have need of. Is that right? I'm a big believer. I, 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 I'm a big believer in faith. I believe that faith is the foundation to Christianity. You must, you must have faith in the Word of God if you're going to believe anything. Is that right? You know, it's great to say, well, I, I love God, but I don't believe this part of it. No, you've got to believe it all. You've got to believe it hook, line, and sinker, because if it says it in the Bible, it's got to be the Word of God. Is that right? So we've got, to, we've got to be in or out, and, and as faith is the foundation, but I'm a big, big believer that, that, that if, as Christians, we have the right to ask God anything in His name, and He shall give it to us. And me and my family, we went through it a, while, a, a few months ago. My little boy, we, he started urinating blood, and we, we took him to Children's, and <clears throat> they said he had a tumor or a mass on his bladder. And we, we begin to pray and just uh, call upon God, and, and I begin to write it out daily. You know, my son, I'm so happy and grateful my son is healed, and I begin to just write it out daily. And, you know, and, and he quit urinating blood on the last day before they were going to do surgery. And, you know, we, you know it's, it's amazing how God works, but if you believe him, he'll come through. Amen. Amen. Gets me emotional when I talk about my kids. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Anyways, we took him for a scan the other day, completely clear, free, everything's normal, amen. <clears throat> Y'all might have to get me a bottle of water. I'm going to wear out soon if somebody could. That'd be amazing. A cup of water from the bathroom either would be great. So I'm not picky. I'm from Arkansas. We'll do about anything. <clears throat> Amen. But, but I begin to write it down, and I, and I believe that's the, the, the way that God works. If you begin to believe it, Brother Branham, he said something that, that astounds me every time, and he says, picture a new body and walk into it. And so that's what we begin to do. We begin to picture God healing our son. We begin to picture that actually happening, him, him being healed. And I believe as a, as a son and daughter of God, if you see, I want to be a better Christian. I want to do this. I want to do that. Make that mental image in your mind. This isn't mental conception. This isn't uh, the, the law of attraction. This is faith in the Word of God that if He said you could be it, you can be it. Amen. If you've got back problems, you've got health problems, you've got sickness in your life, picture that well body and walk until you get to that well body. Amen. Amen. I know we're going to be preaching on healing tonight, but somebody might need healed tonight. Amen. 
Is that right? You know, I, I listen to Brother Branham and, and I listen to a couple other men. They say how people identify their disease with themselves. And, and you know, I had, I've had knee surgery a couple times because when I turned 27, I still thought I was 18. And, and so I've had a couple of knee surgeries and, and I begin to say my bad knee. And guess what? My knee would never get better because I was identifying it as my bad knee. And people begin, my diabetes, my this, my that, my back problem, my sickness, my this. And you begin to identify that as your physical ailment. And you begin to claim that. But if you, what I did is I quit saying my bad knee. And guess what? My knee's better. I don't even notice it anymore. Amen. Amen. So if you've got something that you want, you've got to picture that well body and walk until you get it. Amen. If you've got marital problems, picture that perfect marriage and walk until you get it. Amen. If you want to be a better Christian, picture that Christian life that you want to walk. Pick a character in the Bible you want to be like and walk until you are that person. Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? Amen. Each drink adds about 20 minutes, so we're good. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. I believe that Christian people ought to be a happy people. Amen. I believe we're down and out too many times. We think, well, well, woe is me. Woe is this. Woe is that. No, we've got the greatest message that's ever hit the face of the earth. We've got the power of the greatest God, the only living God. We've got the ability and the authority to act on it. Amen. Amen. So I done got off my notes now, but he says, wherefore they arose at twilight and they fled. And you see that God made a way. I want you to know it only takes one person to set a church on fire. Is that right? I love how Brother Branham, he says, what we need today is a man and women who will take God by his word and be persistent with it. Not an occasional, not an occasional, well, once a month I'll, I'll, I'll act on the word of God. But this is a day in, day out gospel, amen. You've got to be persistent with the word of God. And the, the enemy that we face today, he's persistent. The devil's persistent. He is attacking us from every side. Any way that he can get into the church, he's trying to get in. And we've got to be a persistent Christian on guard at all times. Do you believe that? <clears throat> Could you imagine today, I, I like to look at the Bible times, and I love to see, you know, as Brother Branham dramatizes this, and, you know, I could see God talking to his angels and say, hey, I'm going to take over Egypt. I'm going to set my people free, and I can see all the angels gearing up, ready to go. You know, this is going to be a battle. He says, no, no, I'm sending Moses. Well, we're, we're probably going to go with him, right? No, 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 I'm just going to send Moses. Well, well, what are you giving him? A stick. <laughs> I can see the angels like, what? <laughs> This doesn't make sense, you know, but, but, but if, if God's in the stick, if God's in the calling, if God's in the, in the leading, then it, all you need is a stick, amen. Amen, I love how Brother Bram says it. He says, you know what, what, what Moses lacked, the burning bush had. Is that right? So what you lack, God has, amen. So everything that you have need of, say, I don't have it yet. Well, God's got it. All you got to do is find him, and he'll give it to you, amen. Amen, do you love the Lord? Amen. I can, you know, I, I love looking down through Scripture and just seeing, you know, how God works. And, you know, He never picked the best of the best. He never picked who I would have picked, you know. He was going to kill 600 Philistines. He picked Shamgar with an ox goat. Is that right? He didn't pick an army. He didn't pick a military trained man, but he picked Shamgar. Is that right? He was one day going to wash Christ's feet. Who did he pick? He picked a harlot. Is that right? Whenever Jesus was going across the sea and going to Samaria, he wasn't going to see the Pharisees. He wasn't going to see the Sadducees. He wasn't going to see the, the political people of the city. He was going to see a harlot that had been married five times and was living with another man. God, it doesn't matter what your condition is now. Okay, that's what, not what God looks at. It's what God can do for you, amen. God can take any condition and make it into a great thing. Do you believe that? Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? Amen. We got to let God start fighting our battles for us. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Now, let's see here. Brother Bram, he says, he says, look up here with the promise, say, how can it be done? God said so, that settles it. When God settles it, or when God said it, that settled it. He said it's eternally settled forever in heaven. His word is, and he said his, his word was made flesh, and his flesh today in you. He said if you'll let it come flesh, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask what you will, and it will be done. <coughs> he said, see John Saint, or Saint John 15, he says, see, we just let them words stay in here. Believe it. It's the truth. It's a seed, and it'll bring to pass everything that is promised. Now, you know the crude story that Brother Branham tells about the, uh, the Indian chief. You know, it depends on which dog you feed most, the black dog or the white dog. And, and, you, know, uh, and, and you look at that, and, and Brother Branham, that just goes right back to it's whichever one you feed most, the, the doubt or the faith. Amen. Is that right? You know, that's one thing that I'm, I'm big on, and I'm, I'm really horrible to talk to sometimes because if you start telling me negative stuff, I'll either try to get you to say positive things or I'll just tune out. I can only take so much of it. And, and you can ask my wife or, or my mother, you know, they try to tell me something, I, I don't want to hear it. And if there's not a good ending, I'm just not, I'm not in. Now, if they're trying to do something, if it's a prayer request or something like that, but, but don't come to me with a pity party, amen. If you're coming with a pity party, I've got the answer, his name's Jesus. If you don't want that answer, you need to go talk to somebody else, amen. I don't get a lot of amens a lot of time, but I'm serious about it. You don't, don't come pity partying to me if you don't want to pray about it, Amen. There ain't nothing I can do for you. I mean, if it's financial problems, I might be able to slip you a five. But other than that, I don't know. Amen. But God is the answer. If you, you come to somebody, you want, you want something done, you need to go to him. <coughs> Amen. You love the Lord this evening. Amen. Exodus 11 and 6 and 7. I want you to just notice on these scriptures. It's, the scripture just done so much for me in the, in the past little bit. But, and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know how the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And I want you to know God's put a difference between you and the rest of the world. The bride, we're a special people. God has given us special privileges. We've been given the capability and the authority to act on His Word like no one else has ever had. Is that right? So we see that when God has put a difference between us, it means we live different, we act different, we walk different, we talk different, we pray different, we live different. Why? Because we've got a, we serve a different master than the world serves. Is that right? <coughs> Now, I'm getting back on the atonement here. Brother Branham talking in the, uh, speaking here in the Patmos Vision, 1956, says the brazen serpent on a pole symbolized sin from the Garden of Eden. He said, where the serpent beguiled Eve, causing her to sin. <clears throat> he said, brass speaks of judgment. As is seen in the brazen altar, when the penalty for sin was met, the sacrifice of, or, or met in the sacrifice upon the altar. When God judged Israel for her sins in the days of Elijah, he withheld the rain, and fiery heavens became as brass. Now, in this illustration, we see that the serpent upon the pole represents sin already judged, for it's made of brass, showing divine judgment had already fallen upon sin. That whoever looked upon the serpent and the pole, accepting the significance of it, was made whole, for it was the work, or for it was the work or salvation of the Lord. Now, the serpent on the pole was a type of Jesus came into the earth to accomplish. He was made flesh in order to take upon himself the judgments of God for sin. The foundation of the altar of sacrifice was solid brass, typifying the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. 
Judgment had already passed upon him when it was yet there were no sinners, salvation being entirely of the Lord. He trod the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God alone. His vestures were dyed in crimson in his own blood. The fiery furnace of the just judgment of the wrath of God was his portion. Amen to that. He suffered the just for the unjust. Thou art worthy, O Lamb of God, for thou hast redeemed us by thy own blood. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. The Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all, and he has suffered as no man ever suffered before. Even before the cross, he had shed great drops of sweat like blood from his body, and intense agony, the ordeal ahead of the blood separating in his veins. So we see that the brass serpent, I'm sorry that was a lengthy description, but what the brass serpent symbolized was sin already judged. Is that right? The brass serpent, it had a compound meaning, Brother Branham said. He said it also uh, was there for healing, and it was all there for the removal of sin. Is that right? Now, now you, you look at the blood of bulls and goats, and you look at the blood of Jesus Christ, and, and you see the blood of bulls and goats, it, it acted as a covering. Is that right? So, like, you know, the blood of bulls and goats, this, this podium is sin, so the blood of bulls and goats covered the sin. Now, the sin's still there, right? You, you still see it. But what the blood of Jesus Christ did was come and took the sin, threw it out completely, annihilated. Is that right? To where it was no more found guilty or attached to the sinner, to you. It was laid back on the accusers, what Brother Branham says. Is that right? He talks about it going back across the chasm. Is that right? To where it's no longer laid to your and our charge, but it's laid back on the accuser, the one who caused us to do it in the first place. Is that right? I don't know about you, but that makes me excited to know everything I ever did that was wrong, everything that God abolished from my life, all the sin that was attached to me is now attached back to the devil, the one who caused it all. Is that right? Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? Amen. Amen. When I begin to think about that, you know, I, had a, I was witnessing to a lady one time, and she's like, why don't we do the, the blood of bulls and goats? And I'm like, and she was a Baptist. I'm like, are you serious? You know, I try not to sound offensive. I'm like, have you heard of Jesus? <laughs> like, let me introduce you to this man that, 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 that did away with the need for any other sacrifice. Why? Once he was sacrificed, that was all we ever needed. There was never going to be any sin that could ever conquer that blood, amen. I don't care how far you've gone tonight. The blood of Jesus Christ was just as powerful now as it was then, amen. Hey Amen. There's no way the devil can out-trick it, out-smart it, out-get around it. That blood, if you repent of your sins, God washes it away. And you are justified as though you never did it in the first place. Amen. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. Man, my little boys would have a time if justification was in our house. Because, Daddy, I didn't do it in the first place. That ain't how it works, son. You got to get a spanking. <clears throat> That's right. But hey, God's the same way. He, every, son, every son's got to be chastened and tried. Is that right? Amen. I don't know what I did, but I've been getting chastened and tried this last little bit. But God's going to bring me out stronger on the other side than I come in. Is that right? Amen. All we got to do is trust Him. Is that right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because He is with me. Amen. I think it's so amazing how right in the presence of David's enemies, he's talking about God, and what is he doing? He's preparing a table right before him. He's giving him food right in the presence of his enemy, and that's what church is today. Right in the presence of Laodicea, right in the darkest hour, God's given you a table, and it's called the house of God, and he's giving you food day in and day out. Amen. You don't get to pick what's on the menu. God's going to serve what you have need of. 
Sometimes it's medium rare steak with baked potato, and sometimes it's burnt chicken liver. But if God sees fit that you need it, you're going to take it, amen. There's a lot of people sitting back there saying, I didn't order this. Uh, This ain't for me. It's for the next table. No, what God has fit for you, you need to receive it, amen. Amen. You love the Lord. Amen. I will ask you that question until you're tired of answering it, but never get tired of telling somebody you love Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so we look here. I'm getting way off topic, but Hebrews 9 and 12 says, Neither by the blood of bulls and, or goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. That eternal redemption means once he entered in, there was no need for anybody else to go in. He took care of everything that day. When, he, when his blood was shed, there was no need for sacrifices any longer. And that word perpetual, it's also used, uh, it's also speaking of that word eternal, redemption. It all, it, the, back in the Hebrew, it's translated to perpetual. And it means eternal, forever, everlasting. And I love that, how it says it's uninterrupted. It's unchanged. Once God set that redemption in line, now our lives are up and down a lot of times. Things that happen to us, uh, things that happen to our family members, things that happen to our, our, our relatives or church members or people that we know, that's up and down. It's ever-changing, but that blood, that redemption never changes. Amen. Amen. Out, and out there, a very Brother Brandon speaking here, he says, and out there, a very beautiful parable. He said, what was that lifted up for, the brazen serpent? He said, for healing? He says, a compound reason. When they needed healing, they lifted up the brass serpent. He says, what was it? Because they were murmuring, chattering against God and Moses, and it was for a compound reason. He said they were murmuring, sinning, they were sick and needed healing. And Moses, as Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the wilderness, just for the same purpose, the same cause, same atonement, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, compound reason to save your soul. And the smitten rock brought forth the water that gushed out of the land and saved a perishing people. God so loved the world in the New Testament. He said, God so loved the world in the New Testament, the the anti-type rather. He says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He says, there you are. And that's for a perishing, dying, helpless people that the brass serpent was lifted up. The smitten rock was smitten to give forth life and healing and peace to those, to those people. So God lifted up his son that you should not perish but would have everlasting life. He says, my brother, my sister, I pray you'll accept him tonight. And I'm here to tell you, young people, old people alike, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's the only way to go. Amen. I could not imagine living in 2020 without having a hope and salvation of Jesus Christ. I don't know how anybody could get through it if they didn't have Jesus Christ, knowing that at the end of the road, we have our eternal redemption. Amen. It doesn't matter how, what, what politics do, what the world does. It, it, it's all gone. It, Satan is the ruler of, this, of that kingdom. But we've got, as kings and priests, God designate us as rulers of this spiritual kingdom. Amen. And whenever we say something in, in, in our words, whenever we have a need in our lives, we can speak it. Amen. I believe Brother Branham says, he says, the word, when he's quoting the scripture, the word is not nigh thee, even on thy lips. He says, now that changes, doesn't it? He says, that changes things, doesn't it? But you have the authority to act on that power, amen. Now, now I know I'm kind of bouncing around, but I promise I'm going to bring this back in here at the end. But, but we're looking at the atonement and, and, and all the things that God has done for you. And, 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 and pretty much what I'm trying to say to you, uh, to church and young people, is, is, is no matter where you're at right now, I want you to know you can get back on track. Amen. I believe that God is, has called us in this day to get back in line. 
We know the prophet, he said, get back in line. He was speaking to the bride. Is that right? He wasn't talking to anybody else. He was looking at the vision of the bride coming forth. And he's saying, get back in line. So that meant somebody in the bride was out of line. Is that right? So today, whatever you're doing, get back in line. Amen. It's time to cinch up the belt. It's time to, 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 to close off the gate and quit letting the goats in. Amen. It's time that we get right with Jesus and we follow him through to the end. Amen. You love the Lord. Amen. I'm glad God's got a hold of me. God's got a hold of my wife. God's got a hold of our family. Sometimes God's got to shake you a little bit to get a hold of you. Am I ashamed to say sometimes God's had to come and say, hey, hey, wake up. It's the end time. And I needed shook. I needed it done. But God did it because I'm a son of God. Is that right? I'm here to tell you tonight, if God's coming speaking to your heart, you need to be a shaking. Please go ahead and take it. Don't, don't, don't go get shook. Go ahead and accept it and walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go to Genesis 22 and 5, and I want to speak on the unconditional covenant here for a little bit. And, and I, I, I love this story. I'm a, I'm a commercial loan officer, so, uh, you know, terms and conditions is my favorite word. Um, if you've ever, ever, ever met a banker, you know, I've had people come in all the time and be like, you know, this is wrong. I don't owe you this. I'm like, well, 47 documents that you sign say you do. So, so you know, we, we all have conditions on things, Right. Me and Sam, we may have a friendship on condition. What that means is I'm nice to Sam and he's nice to me. Those are conditions. I doubt Sam's giving me my friend if I'm just, well, actually, Sam would probably be my friend if I was mean to him, but I wouldn't be friends with Sam if he were mean to me. So that's my conditions of the relationship, right? And we all have conditions. And, and I believe conditions kind of rule the modern life, but, but that's not the way God's covenant is with his people. And so I want to look at here, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here. With the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hands and a knife, and they went, both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, <clears throat> My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. And they came to a place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of this heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And Brother Abraham said, we're the spiritual seed of Abraham, is that right? I believe we've got some gates to possess, do you believe that? And he said, and as the seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, there's something, you know, that, that, that God has done for you and I, and it's amazing to me how people want to do away with the Bible. You know, even message people want to do away with the Bible. And it just blows my mind. 
But we see here that God has come down and spoke with Abraham and he made him a covenant. And Brother Branham talking in the Brass Serpent 1953, he says, Thy hands I commend my spirit. And he tore the life out of Christ and took the body and set it on his right hand and sent the Holy Ghost back to the church, which is the unconditional covenant given to man tonight. He said, Brother, the life of Jesus Christ must be in every individual. That's God's covenant. And as sure as you're born in the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost in you, God's under a sworn statement, hallelujah, that He'd raise you up in the last day. He'll heal the sickness. Now we see that this covenant that God made with Abraham, Brother Branham talks about it being an unconditional covenant, which means there were no conditions. So the word unconditional means absolute, unreserved, not limited by any conditions. Without conditions, without terms of limitation, and without reservation. <clears throat> So we see that when you go to the bank and you get a loan today or you go get a car loan at a dealership, they give you what's called terms and conditions, security agreements, notes. They give you all these things. And you're agreeing to the terms and conditions of that contract. You will repay this contract at such and such amount for such and such rate for a certain amount of time. That's all you got to do. And then whatever you're buying, that security agreement will be released at the end when the note's paid in full. You're free to go. But God doesn't work that way because there's nothing you and I we weren't good enough to do anything in this. And so God come down with Jesus, and he did everything that you and I had need of. The song says he paid a debt that you and I owed, one that we couldn't pay, one that we couldn't afford. We couldn't service the debt, but God come and paid it for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we see that when this covenant was made without conditions, it means there's nothing you and I can do to mess it up. And so I think young people tonight, you know, maybe you have some, some snobby message people that look at you a little bit, and I'm going to call them out. Snobby message people look at you and say, they're not good enough. Why would you go to this one? Why would you go to that one? This one cannot be saved. I've seen them come and go, come and go. But it only takes one time for God to get a hold of somebody. And let me tell you something. When he gets a hold of you, he says he'll not lose a one out of the palm of his hand. Now, I can preach, and I can influence people, and I can get them to come to church maybe, but I'm not going to keep them here. But if I can ever get them to Jesus, if I can ever get them to Christ one time, and he gets a hold of them, then he can change that life forever. Amen. So there's nothing you and I can do. I don't care how good of a singer you are, how bad of a singer you are, how bad you've been in your previous life, how good you've been in your previous life. This covenant was given to you on no conditions. It meant if you accepted it, you were, a, you were, you were able to accept this covenant. You could receive the benefits of it. Amen. It's like getting a life insurance policy you didn't pay anything for. Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? Hebrews 6 and 13, for when God made the promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, an oath for confirmation it is to them an end of all strife. He says, Wherein God more willingly, abundantly, to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. So he was, he was determined to make sure we couldn't mess this up. He was determined that Alan Price couldn't come in and preach it wrong or do this wrong or do that wrong. He was determined to make sure that you and I couldn't do anything about it, but that Jesus paid it all. Amen. And so this word immutable, it means not able to change. Once God made up his mind, there was no stopping it. Is that right? You know, that's the thing. If I was to go back and maybe take, we turn the clock back 10, 15, 20, 30 years, I bet none of us would have picked each other to have been sons and daughters of God. If you looked at me in my teen years, you said, there's no way this boy will ever make it. Is that right? Some of you say, well, we, we didn't know you. Well, if you would have known me, you would not have picked me. 
right? Amen. I'm going to back up into this. But God does the electing. God does the calling. Amen. We, we try to skin the fish before we catch it many times. Get them to Christ and let God do the work. Amen. Amen. And tonight, young people, I'm not trying to get you even to an altar. I mean, I want you to come to the altar. If you have to pray, get to the altar. Amen. Pray in your seat, whatever you've got to do. But don't call out to me. Call out to Christ. Amen. We can lay his hands on the sick and they shall recover. We can, we can, we can follow Scripture. We will pray for you, but it's your decision. You've got to make the decision tonight. Am I going to serve God? Amen. But that, immutable, that immutability there, it means it's not able to change. Once God made up his mind, there was no stopping it. The next scripture says, by t- and this, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth in to within that within the veil. Now, <clears throat> that hope is what I spoke of a little bit ago and. Um, I could not imagine, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, um, we, uh, dealing with some people who don't believe in God anymore and, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I mean, they're wrong. Obviously I believe this is the truth with all my heart and definitely I'm going to tell them the truth, but that's their choice. That's their free moral agency. They have that right to choose if they believe in God. And, and I was kind of thinking, you know, if I'm wrong, you know, I just die and we go on. But if they're wrong, what they missed out on would be catastrophic. To miss out on eternal life and, and to do this. And I was talking to a man at work the other day, and he was like, you know, Alan, I just don't see how, you know, good people can live, but, you know, maybe they didn't go to church, they didn't do this, or they didn't do that. And, and you know, and he talked about the thief on the cross, you know, how he could do no works. And, you know, he was just kind of pouring out his heart to me. And, and you know, I, I began to tell him, I was like, you know, who God calls and who God elects is not up to you and I to decide. You could be the best person in the world, but if they, don't, if they don't surrender their life to Christ, there's nothing we can do for them. Is that right? They've got to surrender their life to Christ. And, and as young people tonight, if I can tell you anything, you know, I'm not going to give my testimony or anything. I'll be, we'll be here all night. But the, the greatest thing that I've ever done, for not only for me, but for my family and for my life, both personal and, and business-wise, everything has been Christ. Amen. You cannot go, I don't see how you can go wrong. Many people, you know, that's the, the, the old idea of the message is if you accept Christ, you know, you're going to be poor, you're going to be this way, you're going to be broken down, you're going to be downtrodden, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. I don't believe that. I, I can't find that anywhere in the scripture. He said, I'll not see any of us lacking bread. Is that right? He said, he's going to feed us. He's going to take care of us. I look in the scripture and I say, we can be happy. We can be blessed. We can be healed. Anything that we have need of, God has given us in the scripture that you and I have the ability to go out and get. So I don't see Christianity as a bad thing. And it's so hard for me to see people turn away and, walk, and turn their back on it. But there's who God has called. God has called. Who's he's chosen? He has chosen. Is that right? Amen. I love this, Brother Brandon. <laughs> Excuse me. I love this, how Brother Brandon says this, because this really made me feel good about, not about myself, but it, 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 it let me kind of know that I have a chance. But Brother Brandon says, God didn't give Abraham the unconditional covenant because Abraham was good. He gave it because God was good. Everything that God has given us, it's not because you did something or you did this or you were good enough. It was because God was good. Amen. We didn't deserve any of this, but God, with his foreknowledge and his predestination, knew that you would choose him. He chose you before the foundation of the world. Amen. Do you love the Lord tonight? 
And that atonement was made for you and I. That sin would be removed from you and I. That that sin would no longer have a hold on us. Amen. Amen. That serpent represented sin already judged. God judged the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He said in the third chapter of Genesis, in the 14th verse, he said, God already passed judgment upon the serpent. He said, oh, he was beautiful. He walked upright. He was the most subtle beast of the field. But, but God judged him and put him down on his belly for the rest of his days. He said, judge. And he says, Christ was our sin's judge. He says, amen, do you see it? Beautiful, he says, my sin, your sins justly, we should go to hell and be punished for our sins. But Christ took our place. Are you thankful for that tonight? Amen. He said, he said, the serpent being made out of brass meant divine judgment. Now the serpent was sin already judged, and brass meant divine judgment. And I believe that's a problem with a lot of us today is not that we continue on in sin. We shouldn't as Christians, but we constantly refer back to what we were and what we did. And I believe that's the way the enemy likes to work. He always likes to remind you of what you used to do and how you used to be. And, and I think, you, you know, there's, a, there's something you can take back to the devil and remind him of where he's going. Amen. Because if God has justified you, if God has put you in a position where you've never done it in the first place, you can stand as a son and daughter of God looking the enemy in the eye and say, I am justified, and I, it is though I never did it. And you know, that's a problem. The devil don't go fishing in the sea of forgetfulness too much. It's message people that go fishing in the sea of forgetfulness too much. It's other people that go fishing in the sea of forgetfulness too much reminding me, well, they did this, they did this. I got to call and gossip to this one because they got to tell them. And, you know, I've heard somebody one time, I said, you shouldn't gossip. They said, well, it's the truth. And I'm like, okay, let's go back to the scripture here for a minute. The first scripture I would take you to is, I can't quote it, but I'm going to say it if I can't get it right. But, But the scripture says that if you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar. All right? I can quote that part good enough. It also says not to talk about one another or speak evil of the brethren. Is that right? So it doesn't matter if it's the truth. <laughs> doesn't matter if I've seen Sam do something wrong. I still can't call and gossip about it. The scripture tells me to go to that person. Is that right? And pray for them. Amen. Do we love the Lord this evening? Amen. I've, I've never got that. You know, I don't like to gossip, so don't call me with your gossip. I don't like it. I won't, won't partake in it. You know, now, if it's work gossip, I might pay attention a little bit. But... Nobody's perfect. <clears throat> No, I'm just, I'm just easing up for what I'm probably about to say, but we see that as Christians, we should love one another, right? And then why is there so much division amongst the brethren, right? Now, as Christians and sons and daughters of God, I think it's time we, we said, hey, we're in this together. <laughs> we need each other. You need each other. Sam, you need the gentleman in the green shirt. The gentleman in the green shirt needs the gentleman in the blue shirt. The sister in the white shirt needs the sister back there. We need each other. This isn't time we go to attacking one another. That's what Satan likes to do is get somebody stood up at one another and then just leave the church and let everything go bad. And as Christians, we ought to identify that. When somebody comes up to you and you just want to tell so bad because it's so juicy and it's so good, resist temptation and the devil shall flee from you. Amen. You quit spreading the gossip, gossip will quit coming to you. Amen. It's like a stream. You damn that off and it's going to stop. Amen. If you got it coming to you, there's a reason you got it coming. You're letting it flow through. Amen. We're about to hit home tonight. Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? As Christians, and we say, well, that's it. You know, hey, make it right. I'm not saying you're going to hell. You're going to end. Make it right and go on with Christ. 
Hey, man, this isn't a like, oh, we caught you, we're going to kill you, and you're going to die. No, this is a we caught you, fix it, and get right with God. Hey, man, this isn't a gospel of devastation. This is a gospel of restoration. Amen. We're here to make things right and go on with Christ. Hey, man, do you love the Lord? Hey, man, the atonement, it's an agreement, a concord, or concord reconciliation after enmity or controversy. And now Brother Ram says he's provided a way like the brass serpent. He's provided Jesus to meet all that we have need of while we're on this journey between heaven and earth. That part right there ought to do it for us. The prophet just said, everything we have need of, Jesus has put it here. He's provided it to us while we're on this journey between heaven and earth. He's provided Jesus Christ, and he's God's all-sufficient sacrifice. That means we don't need anything else. We don't need my ideas input to it. We don't need my sacrifice. His was enough. Amen. Everything you have need of tonight, it's not in your church, it's in Christ. He says, there it is. It's not in your education or your theology or your creed. He says, what Jesus says, it's in Jesus Christ. Look to him with simple, humble, loving faith and say, God, cleanse me from my selfishness. Take my impurities from me and let me from this day be holy thine and see what God will do for you. Amen. That was the great thing about the serpent that was lifted up to the, to the children of Israel. Israel, that all they had to do was look and live. They didn't have to pray a certain way. They didn't have to sing a certain way. They didn't have to do this or do that. They just had to look and live. And I'm here to tell you today, if you could just look at Christ, if you could get to know him, you will live. Amen. Amen. Romans 5 and 1. I promise I've been going too long. I just realized, it's, is it 7 to 43? I'm sorry. I've been going way past time, I guess. I don't even know what time we started. but <clears throat> I'm going to wrap this up. Amen. Hey, you're good to preach too. We get excited. We want to, we want to talk about Jesus for a little bit. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Romans 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, I love it how we're justified by faith. We have access to grace by faith. Brother Brown says faith is the foundation. Is that right? So we've got to have faith in the Word of God. If it says that I can be healed, I can be healed. If it says that sins can be washed away, sins can be washed away. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Now, I don't like that part. I don't like it at all. But when we come through a tribulation, what do we have to do? Thank you, Lord. I needed that. I don't know why I needed it, but I needed it. And knowing that tribulation worketh I don't even want to say the word, but patience. <clears throat> I needed patience, and God gave me three kids, and we've been working on it ever since. My wife needed a lot of patience because she got three kids and a big kid. <clears throat> and so God's working on her, but we see that God's going to make us right. He's the, he's the potter. We're the clay, right? <clears throat> the clay can't say to the potter, why have you made me thus? The potter has the purpose. The potter has the vision. Amen. And patience, experience, and experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, that in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
More, he said, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And you've heard Brother Branham talk about the story of a pardon is only a pardon if it's accepted. Is that right? Now, there were plenty of people that could have looked, can look at the atonement and see it physically there. They can look at the Word. They can see Christ hidden in the Scriptures. But we've got to accept that atonement. We've got to accept that pardon. Is that right? He said, and, and I'm, I'm finishing up here as quickly as I can. And he says, but the Spirit reveals it. The Word shows it. It's the manifestation of God's Word. We have life through Christ and Him alone. Our organizations, our denominations, our differences only separates us from God. We have one access to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? He said, there's no other way that we can come but through Him. By no priest, by no preacher, no system, or no nothing else. Only Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's God, the bread of life. We are born in Him, and He is the God. He said, He is God's bread of life. And being born in Christ, we are then God born in Bethlehem. And Christ Jesus sitting together in heavenly places, eating of Him. He says, eating of Him. He says, who is He? He's the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And he said, and when we can sit with one objective, the Word of God, and feed upon that. So let me read that slow. I know I read really, really fast. But he says, and when we can sit with one objective, the Word of God, and feed upon that, we are in God's spiritual Bethlehem, eating God's spiritual bread. Our souls are punctuating every word that he spoke with an amen. We enjoy this heavenly angel food. Now, I love that, how Brother Bram says, and we can sit with one another with one objective. And I know Brother Earl, as a pastor, you're, <clears throat> I can't get my family to agree where to eat. He's not going to be able to get a church to agree on everything 100% of the time. I wish it was that way. Maybe Brother Earl's that good, but <clears throat> amen. <clears throat> hey, picture that well body and walk into it. Amen. We're going to have a 100% success rate. But if Christians could put aside their differences, if young people could not look at maybe the, the <clears throat> and I hate to say this, but the generations that have come before us and that have bickered and fought and done this and focus on the one objective, and what is that? It's getting to Christ. Amen. It's a deep calling to the deep. It's getting back to where you and I came from in the mind of God. I want to get back to that. Amen. And I'm not going to lie, I want to see everybody get back to that. I don't want to kick you out, and I don't want you to kick me out. I want to make it to Jesus Christ together, amen. If we can get that objective, the mountains would move, let me tell you. Amen, do you love the Lord this evening? I'm closing with this, and the musicians can come. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I want you to realize that that means the old man is dead. Is that right? Right? We've, 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 we've become and we've gotten new things. We've changed. And I believe that, you know, as Christians, we can see that change. Right? Now, I can, anybody can impersonate. Right? Anybody can come in and look like a really good Christian. Sam, you know, he's been one of the, uh, the uh, better Christians that I've known and I uh, use that term lightly, but he's always been faithful. He's been a good person and seems to have a great testimony. And, and I'm bragging on Sam, but we need to get him married someday. So, <laughs> But he could fall tomorrow, but that's not going to change me. 
That's not going to move me, right? I could fall tomorrow. I could go by the way. I could completely change and, and, and go away, but that shouldn't move you. As Christians, as sons and daughters of God, our faith is not put into a man. It's not put into this song leader or this one or that one or this great ministry around the world. It's not put into that. It's put into Christ. Is that right? And as young people tonight, if I can tell you anything, let everything else fade away and focus in on this. Look and live. If I can tell you anything, look at the Word of God. Get, get down to business with Jesus. Get down in the Word and look and say, is, is, is this what my heart's longing for? Because every person is longing for something. Everybody's got a desire in their heart. And until, if you've got a desire for Christ, if there's a deep calling to the deep, when you find this, it'll meet all of your needs. It'll, it'll fill that hunger on the inside. Is that right? He said, oh, brother, stop looking at yourself and look at your sacrifice. I want to say that again. Stop looking at yourself and look at your sacrifice. Your sacrifice is Jesus Christ, the perfect one, the Lamb of God, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, everything that God was bottled up into Jesus Christ. That's your sacrifice tonight. Look at that. Quit looking at your past mistakes. Quit looking at what you're doing even tonight, what you did today, what you did five minutes ago, and look at Him and live. Amen. I believe God will change your life. If there's a deep calling to the deep on the inside of you tonight, you can look at this word. You can look at this scripture and you can live. He says, and he goes on to say, he says, he said, but if you find fault in that, then you're, he says, then you're perfect. He says, if you can't find any fault in that, all right. But if you find no fault in it, then you're perfect. He says, amen, because it's not you that God's accepted. He's accepted Christ. He said, and Christ accepted you. And you are dead and your life is hidden God through Christ. Sealed by the Holy Ghost, and all the devils in hell can't turn you out there. He said, Amen. For you are God's property, and God never looks at you, He looks at Christ. Amen. If I could give any word of encouragement to the young people tonight, it's look and live. You know, you can, you can follow mommy and daddy, you can follow the, the ministry, you can follow song leaders, you can do this, you can sing in the choir, but you've got to have a personal relationship with Christ. You know, I wish I could save my kids. I wish I could do it for them, but I can't. They have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Just like you tonight, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know this has been really simple, and I talked about that perpetual redemption, that, that, <clears throat> that never-ending that, that never redemption. doesn't mean we're not going to have hiccups. We're not going to have trials and tribulation. But that blood, as long as, there's, there's mercy, as long as there's blood on the mercy seat, as long as that intercessor's there between us and God, you have a chance. You have a right as, as a believer to accept that. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? If we could, um, maybe let's just... Uh, Sing that song, Amazing Grace, if we could. Let's we just bow our heads. And dear Lord, I know it's been it's been chopped up and maybe not well put together, but God, I pray something was said that would be beneficial to your children. God, the only reason I come, Lord, tonight was just to tell about you. And God, I pray if there's anybody here tonight that's wondering. It's maybe lost or maybe they're just stagnant. They're like the four leprous men. They're at the gate and they've been sitting in the same condition, the same place for far too long. God, I pray tonight they'll take up courage. Lord, that they'll take up faith. Lord, for faith is our foundation. I pray their faith will build tonight. <clears throat> and whatever enemy they're facing, whatever trial they're going through, they'll keep pressing on. 
that they'll walk and they'll march to that high calling. God, for the young people, Lord, I have a special burden for, for the youth, Lord, to, to know what they go through in this day and how much harder it is even than when I was in school, when I was in college, and when I was growing up. God, but that Holy Ghost power is still the same. The enemy may be greater, but you're always, always going to be greater. That, that blood that was shed, there'll be no enemy that can ever defeat it. There'll be no sin that can ever overpower it. God, tonight I pray for the young people, Lord, that you would just bless them as they go through the trials of, of 2020 and life to come. I pray if there be any here without the Holy Ghost, Lord, your Holy Spirit would fall upon us tonight, Lord, and they would be filled. Lord, your prophet said that you had more of a desire to fill us than we had to be filled. And tonight, God, I pray that if there's people needing filled, that you would fill them. Lord, because once we're sealed, we're sealed into the day of our redemption. No enemy can defeat us. No enemy can take that from us. God, tonight I pray you would just bless these people. Lord, bless their church. God, keep the enemy at bay. Lord, let them join together and march as the bride is supposed to march in line, in step. Pray for the pastor, God, that you would lead and guide him, that he would go in the right ways, Lord. Bless the people to follow him. God, for our other brothers and sisters out tonight and around the world, Lord, I pray you bless them. Give them a special blessing, Lord, that we, we could join together in this last day and put our foot on the neck of the enemy and defeat him once and for all. Lord, we love you tonight. God, there's nothing else I can say or do, but Lord, I pray you just, if there be one here that needs you, God, I pray they'll look upon your word and they'll live. I pray they'll choose life tonight and life more abundantly because that's what you will give. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My heart to fear and grace.